0: My name is Richard Brown, and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Still working on my videoing, as you can see, so hopefully this is uh, is improving week by week. I've got Martin giving me advice on how this uh, this can get better, so hopefully it's going well for you. And again, if you're listening to audio, hopefully the audio quality is okay too. So I went to deliver a presentation at a networking meeting up in uh, Darlington in the northeast of England uh, on Friday, Very, very, uh, very great. Uh, It was a good meeting, actually. Uh, It's called The Property Thing, and the hosts are Anthony Boyce and Paul Millian. So check it out. I suggest you check it out if you don't know about that already. I think we had over 50 people in the room. So uh, it was good. Um, It was a good event. Most of the people I didn't know and they didn't know me, although there were a few familiar faces, In fact, some people travel quite a long way just to see me talk as well, so I really appreciate them joining. So, one of the things we talked about, we talked about doing larger property deals and and doing it in a very real way. So, But one of the elements I did talk about is something I don't think I actually shared on the podcast before, so I wanted to do that briefly this week, and it's basically what I call the eight forms of capital or the eight types of capital. So, when we, when we think of capital, we normally think of financial capital, money, cash, and, and, you know, numbers, essentially. So that's the sort of capital that most people would think about. But I was thinking about this over recent months and realized, actually, there's eight different types of capital. And as I'm going to walk you through and uh, explaining what they are, um, what we can do is we can add them on top of one another to layer them. And we can also, you know, scale them so that we can leverage them as well. So I'm just going to run you through what they are. I need a little bit of a prompt, so if you see my eyes looking down, yes, I'm looking at a screen which is giving me a prompt. So the eight forms of capital. Obviously we've got financial capital, I'm going to explain them a second, let's just get them out. Financial capital, knowledge capital, social capital, emotional or spiritual capital, which is an interesting one, systems capital, human capital, brand capital and natural capital. Hopefully that's eight that I've managed to get out and in the right sequence. So. I'm just gonna move down on my uh, little projection here. Let's just walk you through those right now. So first of all, financial capital. Now I'm talking really about in the context of doing larger deals. So you'll be aware obviously we've got cash, our own funds, and we've got buy-to-let mortgages, and you're probably aware we can also have access to bridging finance as well. So they're, they're forms of capital, although you know, there's debt and equity. So just to make that distinction, when I'm talking about financial capital, I'm referring to both, debt and equity. Equity is our own money, or that from partners. And debt debt finance is usually in the form of, of loans, that usually fixed-rate loans. If we're gonna move into bigger deals, we need to sort of expand our reach and capability in terms of financial capital. And, you know, for me in particular, that's that's meant things like having access to private investment uh, funds and JV finance, uh, in addition to which development finance on top. We can add some other elements into that, like peer-to-peer lending or crowdfunding equity, uh, access to SaaS pension funds or family offices, you know, for example, so there's this, there's this whole area of financial capital which we can expand into to be able to do larger deals. And just to illustrate the point, I've done a deal recently where I brought in a joint venture partner to provide all of the equity finance that's required. And then a, um, in, the, in the short term, we're purchasing the land using a private investor, using a fixed rate bridging loan, but a private bridging loan. And then we're going to flip that onto development finance, which allows us to fund not just the acquisition costs, but also the development costs or a large chunk of the development costs as well. So we can we can layer these things together to form this, uh, um, this, this extra financial capital, if you like, to allow us to grow and scale into larger opportunities. So that's just the example with financial capital. The second one is is knowledge capital. And really what I mean by knowledge capital is is getting into the nitty gritty of things like rules and regulations and policy. Um, Not that many people really wanna get into this. Give you an example, PDR rights or permitted development rights, Many of us will be aware now that we can access uh, permitted development rights, for example, to convert an office into residential uh, accommodation, such as apartment blocks. Uh, And we can play this arbitrage play between the value of the commercial property, increasing it into the value of the residential property, obviously making the conversion in the process. We need to know the rules, obviously, to be able to, to achieve that. And recently there's been a change in in PDR uh, rights, so it's extended now to fast food takeaway shops as an illustration. So you probably know those uh, sort of fast food takeaways that are perhaps dotted in the middle of a a row of terrace houses, for example. Well, they could be ripe for conversion to a house now, back to a house, and maybe you could actually have an opportunity. So that's not particularly doing a large deal, but it is is actually using the the knowledge capital. Uh, Similarly, we could use regulations such as with HMO regulations, or uh, benefits if we want to um, maximize the returns from, from a property by using certain configurations to access benefits on a more preferential basis. And similarly, for example, uh, with serviced accommodation, Airbnb rules, like the 90 day planning rule in London, for example. So there's just a number of uh, knowledge capital examples there. So if we immerse ourselves in these, in these areas, we can actually capitalize, literally, uh, upon that knowledge to be able to access larger deals or alternative deals. And of course, just hold that thought, it doesn't always have to be our own knowledge capital, but I'll come on to that. So the next one is social capital. So social capital is essentially our networks, our reach. It's the people we know, the groups we hang out in. In in all honesty, so it's like things like Facebook and Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. It's also face to face meetups that we go to. It's also so that they're like more formal uh, environments. Let's say they could be business networking groups, they could be property networking groups, but also just where we encounter in a social setting. So if you're a member of a club or something like that, um, there's going to be people there. So if we can access people in those in those environments. It'll allow us maybe to uh, either access deals or indeed access funding to do those deals. So just keep that in mind. I think another important element there is is our status within those groups. So are we an influencer? Are we an authority within the groups in which we operate? So yes, we can go and hang out down the, let's say, the sailing club. But, you know, to be honest with you, if we can't actually get on the boat, we're just hanging around in the bar maybe we won't be taken that seriously, so we have to be participating in some way. That's just an example from a social point of view. If we want to be posting on social networks, for example, it's great if we're either. We can do it simply by offering advice to people. Just having a presence and offering advice is really handy. Uh, we can also do it by uh, you know offering very specific information, or indeed sharing content of our own, or indeed curating content and sharing it from other people as well. So just some examples there. So obviously, personally, I've got a podcast, I've got some books, I've got some articles. Um, So I'm trying to be an authority or provide influence and provide valuable content to position myself effectively in terms of social networks. Then we have this one called emotional or spiritual capital. And usually the best way I illustrate this is just to name two people who I think have got it, and then it probably helps to explain it a lot better. So if you think about Yuri Geller and Tony Robbins, they've both got a a large degree of either emotional or spiritual capital. They can really connect with people um, and and actually empathize with people in a big way. So some people have this also, uh, to be able to counsel people, or in sales or relationship building as well. So don't underestimate very, very strong people skills, which is essentially what this is about. And we could take it to the nth degree. I'm not talking about bending spoons or anything like that, but or walking across hot coals. But essentially, it's it's really it's getting into this area, this untapped area of being really, really good with people. Um, it's tapping into human needs. It's tapping into NLP. I'm not going to go into it too far, but just keep it in mind just flip it, flipping on the screen. The fifth area is what I call systems capital. And this is all about technology and applications that we can use to uh, help us with routine processes, to streamline them, to make us more efficient and more productive, and therefore be able to do more with less. That's the purpose of having great systems capital. Um, in all honesty, it's probably one of the weaker areas I'm playing a little bit of catch up on just recently, but. I'm moving forward in that direction as well. Um, I'll come back to how that could work in a minute, if I remember, but essentially it's about getting the right people around you. Um, probably there is a queue in a minute that I will, I will pick up. Then, of course, we have um, you know, documented processes so that other people can follow what we're doing. So we can focus on higher generation, higher income generation tasks, perhaps bring in other people who can do that, you know, lower, more routine tasks for us. Human capital is the next one, and I keep referring, don't I, to doesn't always have to be ourselves. Well, um, so we've got our own human capital, which is about our sweat equity, our own effort, if you like. But we've only got 24 hours in the day and we need to sleep and we need to eat and things like that. So there's a limit on our own time capability. But we can leverage our return on time investment by bringing in other people around us. So we can leverage their time, but we can also leverage their knowledge and their know-how as well, perhaps even their networks. So you can see perhaps how I'm starting to layer and leverage when you start to bring these elements in. Yes, you might need to bring somebody in and pay them in some way, whether it's a salary, whether it's um, a success fee, or whether it's you know even equity in your business. Um, so think about the human capital elements as well. And do think about the opportunity cost of your own time is really what I wanna say. Next, we have brand capital. This has become, you know, just think of names like Apple and Amazon, you know, that are out there at the moment and how they've really got a brand. And it stands for something. Mercedes, BMW, this brand, you know, they've been spending years working on, they've got expensive Marketing and PR people who are actually working on on brand capital or their branding rather to meet to, so it resonates and it means something. Well, the same can apply with us, perhaps obviously on a smaller scale. So we can have um, an identity, could be a, a website, a business name, a logo, etc. Then we can have the content that we share that should be authentic and congruent to who we are as, a, as an individual and who, and who we are as a business. It should be consistent and it should be telling the same story consistently. That's what great brand capital is. Ideally, it should be different. Um, it should be positioned differently to all the others. So um, hopefully that seems to be the case with uh, the Prophecy Voice, let's see. So we have brand capital. And the last one is natural capital. So in all honesty, it's probably my greatest weakness and it's probably one I want to improve on the most. So think of things like solar energy and wind. It's using natural resources. More, more relevant, perhaps, for property investors is perhaps land. So we can take land, which is natural resource. It's not free, obviously, but we can add value to that land in different ways. We can add value by getting a planning consent we can add value by building uh, and expanding on existing on existing um, buildings and fabric buildings that are there. So don't ignore the sort of natural capital either. I'm a bit frustrated because I wanted to have solar energy uh, on, a, on a development of mine and actually become an energy supplier. But we missed the feed-in tariff deadline and we also had a very high cost of electricity supply to the site, so we canned it. But I'm, pl- I'm planning to go to that and look at air source heat pumps as well uh, on alternative uh, developments going forward. So, there we go. There's the eight forms of capital. I just wanted to share that with you. Um, I've also got here, this is um, YPN Magazine. Hopefully, that's going to come out okay, YPN Magazine. And uh, this was the August issue, and in here, I've got Going Large. So, the purpose of introducing this particular uh, theme today was, I was thinking about uh, the idea of uh, Going Large and doing larger property deals isn't just about the money, and that's my point. We can, we can add on these different layers of capital to um, access bigger deals, and, and you can probably see how that's going to pan out, and we can multiply or leverage them as well, perhaps through other people, perhaps through networks, and add them all on and then scale them out. So that's perhaps part of the explanation, how I personally have managed to go from doing I 5X my business, basically, over the last 12 to 18 months, that sort of time period. And it's usually it's by layering on some of these different forms of capital is how it goes. I've referred to the uh, YPN Magazine article. Um, You can actually get all of my personal articles, my column in YPN Magazine. I think, let me just check the subscription price of YPN. Can't see it on here. I think it's about seven or eight pounds, maybe nine pounds a month. I don't think the subscription is on the front cover. I think it's about, it's less than £10 anyway a month. So it's well worth subscribing if you don't already. But my own personal articles you can get for free, subscription-free. All you need to do is write in admin at thepropertyvoice.net and just ask to get the, my, my YPN articles. So we'll look out for that, put you on the list. And there's, um, I think, two or three years worth of content now. I couldn't remember exactly. So you'll hear some of this uh, by reading some of those articles as well. And I guess finally, before I depart today, uh, I just wanted to let you know, the day this is released is uh, another Mastermind dinner meetup that I'm hosting in London. Uh, it's in the evening, starts about 7 o'clock, 7.30 actually, uh, but arrive for 7 and then 7.30 we're going to start and we're going to be talking about um, going full-time in property and how some people have already done that and how some people are planning to do that. we have got three panellists who are going to join me. We're going to talk about our different stories and our different approaches. So, um, at the time of recording, there's a few tickets left. Um, it's a small venue. There's just a few tickets left. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, um, and you, you can join us on Wednesday evening, come along. So there we go. I, I just wanted to cover the the idea of the eight forms of capital or eight types of capital uh, in this uh, message today. Hopefully, it's come over over Kate. Oh, over okay in this video cast uh, podcast episode. Uh, you can see it on YouTube, you can see it on the show notes, and you can also listen to the podcast on iTunes, etc. So go to the website, the uh, www.thepropertyvoice.net, for the show notes and links to the relevant places where you're going to find that. If you want to talk to me about anything from today's show, you know you can email me personally, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, and as usual, I'll be more than happy to hear from you. And so I guess all that's left to say right now is thank you very much for listening and watching this week on the Property Voice podcast. And until next time, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.